Today on IFS Talks, we are meeting with and speaking with Deb Dana. Deb Dana specializes in treating complex traumatic stress and lectures internationally on the ways polyvagal theory informs clinical interactions with trauma survivors. She is the consultant to the Traumatic Stress Research Consortium for the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University. Deb is the developer of the Rhythm of Regulation Clinical Training Series. She's trained in internal family systems and sensory motor psychotherapy and has completed the certificate program in traumatic stress studies at the Trauma Center. Deb is also the author of The Polyvagal Theory and Therapy, Polyvagal Exercises for Safety and Connection, and co-editor with Stephen Porges of Clinical Applications of the Polyvagal Theory. Deb, thank you so much for being here with us today on IFS Talks. It's lovely to join the two of you and have some time to talk about polyvagal theory and, and IFS. Thanks much, Deb, for willing to have this conversation. We really appreciate it. And so how, how is it for you to hear this bio? <laughs> it, it's an interesting experience to hear yourself described through a, through a bio. Um, I, I struggle with um, putting out a bio, and I'm asked to do it all the time, so you'd think I would be used to it by now. But when you hear um, the pieces you've chosen to send to somebody, read back to you it, it's a you know in my language um, um it it's it can be testing of my vagal break mm -hmm. so it can can make it um, a bit of a challenge to stay firmly anchored in ventral in the ifs language it it can make it difficult to to feel firmly anchored in self and not have some parts rise up to um, to want to say something mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting to be um, seen in the world mm -hmm. um, in this new way since you know since the since the book was published really um, and that brings up a lot of um, vulnerability and so you know a lot of parts that that want to go into hiding my um, mm -hmm. internal template is um, shaped towards um, a dorsal vagal um, invisibility disappearance as a survival tactic. So if you translate that to your IFS um, paradigm, you can think about parts that, that take you, take you away, make you small, make you invisible, bring a, a flavor of numbing. Those sorts of parts are, are more where my system is, is shaped from my, from my personal history. And so being seen and vulnerable and out in the world in this way um, is has been a great um, test of of actually um, not only teaching polyvagal but living the polyvagal informed lifestyle. <laughs> Would you uh, share with us a little bit about your journey into the world of working so extensively with trauma and then into the discovery of the polyvagal? work sure i um, um where did i start you know I, I i think what i'd like to say is i'm a clinical social worker so in my graduate program and i went back to get my um, master's in social work um 20 years after getting my bachelor's in, in social work or 25 years probably lived a very different life in between um, and then came back um, when my children were gone and I was living on my own and thought, oh, this is really what I want to do. And at that point, as I entered my master's program, I really quickly discovered that there are clinicians who are drawn towards working with trauma and clinicians who really want to not dip into that world. And my, my story is being wanting to always moving towards the trauma and being curious and, and wanting to understand both from my own history and then from helping helping others. Um, I was very fortunate to um, have a mentor for my internships in my in my program who was a um, a gifted trauma specialist and and um, 
I was working for a sexual um, assault response service agency and I got paired up with with Tracy my mentor which was like the world saying here here is um, your person who is going to guide you into this into this world and so we were working with survivors and the beautiful thing about Tracy was she also worked with people who were on the other side of that equation she worked with people who had um, sexually offended and she one day said so do you want to want to come do a group with me and I said, of course. I mean, yes. You know, Tracy was the kind of person that even though you knew the train was going to go off a cliff, you'd ride the train with her. She had that beautiful gift in the world. Um, and so that was my entry into working with the world of um, sexual abuse from, the, from both sides of the equation, which I think um, is an incredibly important way to work. Um, in that field to know both sides of the the equation um, you know and so from there it really my focus has been on understanding trauma and understanding what's underneath the behaviors because we can stick with the behaviors and just make um, such judgments about people from looking at their behavior yeah So back then you weren't equipped with the polyvagal theory? That was before I found Steve's brilliant work. Um, and I was, I did my um, first level sensory motor training, which I think was, was wonderful, really helped me become more embodied and help my clients feel the trauma pathways in their body. And then I um, moved to the IFS world and um, dove into... Um, level one, level two, IFS, and really found that, oh, this makes sense, the parts, this is what we're, we're working with. And then along the way, I read Steve's first book. And um, we, we laugh because um, we, we kindly call it the, um, the unreadable book. It, it's a very deep. Yeah, <clears throat> complex. Mm. Um, book. Yeah, I know. As you may, you may remember, you may have tried to dive in. But I read that book and I absolutely loved it. It's as if something fell into place that I had not um, recognized was missing. And then I certainly became a polyvagal. What came first in your life? Was it IFS or polyvagal? IFS came first. I, I did my, um, I did my um, studies at the trauma center with Bessel's Bessel. mm -hmm. work and understanding um, you know, that way of looking at trauma and then sensory motor and IFS. And the last piece was polyvagal. And yet when I discovered polyvagal, it's as if all the other pieces um, had a platform to sit on. They made sense in a different way. So, yeah. So for you, there is a common ground between IFS and polyvagal. Mm, yeah, yeah, very much so. I, the the thing I love about polyvagal, and um, many of your listeners who have probably dipped a toe in in the polyvagal world, um, yeah. will will really um, resonate with this. Is that polyvagal is a platform that sits underneath um, all these models of therapy, and it it's a um, it's a way of understanding the biology that's mm -hmm. at work in, in our in ourselves and in our clients that we are then engaging with whether we're doing IFS or or AEDP or DDP or you know any of the alphabet soup all of that is being informed by the nervous system you can't work with another human being without being in communication with their nervous system whether you know it or not And polyvagal theory gives us a roadmap to be able to have um, tune into those conversations and have explicit communication, nervous system to nervous system. And that only serves to boost the um, effectiveness of the model of therapy you're using. Mm -hmm. Is that where the term neuroception comes in? Neuroception, yes. So neuroception um, is Steve's 
beautiful word and, and I love the word. It describes the way the nervous system perceives because the nervous system is, is below the level of cortex. And although it has projections to cortex and speaks with cortex at its heart, it's a, it's a subcortical um, um, biology. And so neuroception is the nervous system's way of taking in information. And that's happening every micro moment that we are um, moving through the world by ourselves and with others. And it does that through three ways of listening. It listens inside to your bodily experience. It listens outside in the environment. And, you know, for the, you know, therapy world, it listens between nervous systems. So it's listening between you and your client all the time, below the level of your explicit awareness. You know, so that, that's why I like to say you're always having a conversation with another nervous system. You just don't always recognize it. Mm -hmm. And so that explains um, the idea that trauma and healing trauma is not about thinking. Yeah, and so, you know, in the polyvagal world, trauma recovery or resolution or whatever we're going to call it, working with trauma is really about bringing flexibility back to the nervous system. Um, it's about... Um, helping clients be able to anchor in regulation both with somebody else and on their own and understand um, when they get pulled out of that regulation and have pathways to find their way home to regulation so um, you know if we translate that sort of to the to the ifs s world then um, you know it's about um, being able to um, Find connection to self. Mm -hmm. Know when you've been pulled into a part or hijacked by a mm -hmm. part and be able to find enough connection to self to, to come back to that place of regulation so that you can be with a part not hijacked by it. And it's the nervous system that allows you to do that. How much uh, IFES can inform polyvagal, or how much polyvagal can inform IFES? This is a it's a lovely two-way street, right? You know, it's it's. Um, I think you know. So I'll give you my my way of working now, because of course I am you know coming from the polyvagal informed um, platform and and using that to inform IFS. Um, mm -hmm. So for me. Um, When I am anchored in ventral, I'm anchored in that biological state that allows me to feel safe in the world or safe enough in the world and connect. And connection through our biology is about connecting to, to myself, so to my, all my parts, so internal connection, mm -hmm. connecting out here to others, connecting to the world around me and connecting to spirit. Okay. And those qualities emerge from your biology when you are in a state of ventral vagal regulation. Um, and when you leave that state, when you lose what I call your anchor in ventral, mm -hmm. and you get pulled into sympathetic mobilization, fight or flight, and the survival that happens there, or into the dorsal experience that I spoke about earlier, the survival by becoming immobile and visible, mm -hmm. um, then you no longer have access to the qualities that live in ventral. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's about first the state, the biological state that then opens the door <clears throat> for the parts that live in that state to um, emerge. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would be looking at, you know, oh, your system just moved 
into sympathetic. And as you're in sympathetic, it gives, you have a range of parts Mm -hmm. that live in that sympathetic mobilizing energy. Mm -hmm. And one, several, many are then invited to emerge to help you navigate what the nervous system has um, neurocepted as a um, dangerous experience. Beautiful. So the this ventral in polyvagal equals self in IFS and does fight and flight equals protectors and dorsal or freeze states equals exiles. Usually people goes to this. So so it's it's probably not such a one to one correspondence for me. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly self is is an emergent quality of, of ventral. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um, I think we also have um, um, self-led parts or when we connect to self and move through yeah. the world, that all comes from, from ventral, um, spiritual connection, guides. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is, comes out of this ventral mediated um, place in your nervous system. Mm-hmm. In, in um, sympathetic, certainly, um, fire, uh, the active firefighters, the firefighters that, that use energy mm-hmm. to, to move are in sympathetic, but the firefighters that take us into numbing or dissociation or disappearing are, are dorsal yeah, firefighters, right? You know, um, your exiles, I think, likely um, live in dorsal because shame has been mapped to dorsal and, and exiles usually carry carry shame. The managers that work so hard to prevent mm-hmm us from connecting to those um uh, those exiles are probably sympathetically um mobilized um i think we also have managers that work in service of self that live in ventral so you know if we think about the the nervous system and the hierarchy because it's a hierarchy okay Mm -hmm. so ventral is the top of the hierarchy sympathetic is the next step down and dorsals at the bottom it makes some sense when we think about parts that ventral oversees the system mm-hmm. sympathetic's job is to help us come back to ventral so to help us get back into mm-hmm. some self but also to keep us out of dorsal mm-hmm. that's the sympathetic system's job keep us out of dorsal because dorsal is a dangerous mm-hmm. place biologically yeah. for us everything slows down um, so it makes sense because your parts are your firefighters your managers that live in sympathetic their job make sure that the Exile story doesn't, yeah. you know, come up and be be heard in the system. So, in those ways, it, it makes perfect sense, right? Mm-hmm. You put it so beautifully. is it now in your mind's eye do you see parts or talk for parts or do you see nervous system states and nervous system states and stages yeah i see states uh, um, I, i see states i also once we once we work with the the state then um you know clients certainly you know can can tell me about the parts that are that are coming from those states but i i start with state um and then see the other thing couple things i do differently because of this belief around um the -hmm. nervous system um when if somebody's working with a part and another part comes up um, my practice is to invite that part to come in, mm-hmm. not not to ask it to step aside or, or step back, but come on in because when we're anchored in ventral, um, there's 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 plenty of ventral energy for everybody. So that part can come in and sit with us and feel what it's like to be held in ventral while we're working with another part. So that's one thing that I do. The other thing because. The polyvagal theory really tells us that co-regulation is an essential ingredient 
um, for well-being. It's, it's called a biological imperative, which means you don't survive without enough experiences of co-regulation. Mm -hmm. And I think for many of our clients, safe co-regulation is a missing experience. And for me, co-regulation at, you know, later on is, can I be with my own system and, mm -hmm. and regulate? But in the beginning, it's, you know, another system is coming with me to my system to help regulate. And so the thing I ask my clients as we're, you know, working with, you know, a part or going to a state always is, do you want me to go with you? Mm -hmm. Right? Because that's the missing experience for their nervous system. They're, they're used to going to sympathetic danger or dorsal disappearing on their own because that's the survival response. And so, you know, when another nervous system goes with them, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a disconfirming experience. It's a new experience in the nervous system. And if you change the, the, the nervous system state, which, which I like to think of as, as the, the air, all the parts are breathing or the water they're all swimming in. However you want to think about it, everything changes. So, you know, we, all, we talk in IFS that, you know, all parts are, they're, they're all listening while we're doing the work, right? Mm -hmm. what, what my experience is when the state, when the biology changes of the nervous system, every part has a new experience because it's, it's your biology that changed. It's not a part that changed. It's your biology that changed. The environment has changed. And, and it's fascinating to do this kind of work and, and have clients then sort of check in and, and a lot of parts get a, a benefit from experiencing a regulated state mm -hmm. in the body or from experiencing not being alone, mm -hmm. lost in dorsal or sympathetic. And things happen that you don't have to attend to. They, they just come because of that biological change. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. What was it like for you, Deb, to make this shift in your clinical work to incorporating um, the polyvagal theory? Do you have any examples of early work incorporating this? Yes, I, you know, as with, oh God, yeah, as with most people who, you know, are playing around with something, because I read Steve's theory and it's a brilliant theory, made perfect sense to me. And then it was like, well, what do I do with this? Right. Because there was there was no roadmap. There was no translation to clinical work. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to do something. So I started playing around with it. And I, you know, bless my clients who have always been so willing mm -hmm. to go on a journey with me. Right. And because they were the ones who we did the early exploration and the trial and error, which is, you know, probably the way we learn, but always, not always the best way of learning. Right. A lot of repair gets made when you do trial and error. But, you know, so so we played around with, you know, here's this new way of looking at um, yourself, at looking at how you are organized and how you move through the world. And, you know, just like IFS is a non-shaming, non-blaming, non-pathologizing system, um, polyvagal theory is exactly that as well, because it's it's letting people know this is your biology. This is not your desire, your motivation, you know, the nervous system is simply acting. It doesn't assign motivation or moral meaning when humans do that. And so when we can help a client simply be with, oh, this is my sympathetic nervous system. No wonder I can't connect with my partner right now. My biology won't let me. It's a lovely way of helping them understand. And so I found early on when we began to map the system and mapping was really the, the foundation of my work, when we began to map their system, they had these wonderful moments of, of enlightenment, of understanding in a new way. And then when, you know, they wanted to, to figure out where a part was, they put it on their autonomic map. So that was the first sort of integration of the two. So, you know, well, what state is this part living in? Where is it emerging from? How did this state come to take over right now? Because it couldn't take over if you were anchored in ventral. I mean, that's the thing. If your system is in a biological state of regulation, 
that firefighter cannot take over, mm-hmm. right? Your state has to change for that firefighter to be able to be running your system. And we always have access to these three states at in every moment we're alive. And the, the um, balance between them changes, which then allows different parts to be present. And Deb, how, how can we connect with our nervous system and their states that you just described once they are mostly unconscious states, right? Right. So we bring perception to neuroception, right? And we bring we bring the implicit into explicit awareness. That really is the, the you know the way we we do this work. That's the way most therapy works, yeah. right? Yes. You have to bring the implicit experience into explicit awareness in order to do anything with it if it just stays implicit it just keeps running the show in the background so you know rather than going to the brain we go to the nervous system because and and usually if you talk with clients in the beginning you know that they're, they're very aware that they wanted to do something their brain had this idea about what they were going to do but they ended up doing something totally different Right? Because the brain and the nervous system were not in agreement. And the nervous system is going to win that battle. Right, So, so to begin to, um, again, on a map and to begin to help people um, bring the experience into language, into art form, into movement, um, is really how you begin to connect with your three states. And then um, begin to track, oh, I just felt this i just i just felt some energy moving down my, my down my arms mm-hmm. and i know because i've done my map that that's a signal to me that i'm having a little sympathetic energy flowing now mm-hmm. right so it's 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 really in in finding concrete ways for each client to bring each of their three states alive so that we get to know it and then we begin to speak that language Mm-hmm. Right. So in, in, you know, if I, IFS, we talk the language of self and parts. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's a part of you that, right. You know, in the polyvagal um, language, you say, oh, so it feels like you have um, a, a bit more dorsal in your system right now than, than might be helpful. Or it feels like your sympathetic is trying to take over or, wow, it really feels like you're anchored in ventral right now. It's a, just a different way of, of languaging, right? What do you notice beginning to happen for clients when they can begin to recognize those different states within themselves? What's, what's the, the usual pattern for people? So the first thing that happens truly is this moment where your client looks at you and it's as if some light bulb went off in their head. Don't you love those moments? It's like, oh, now I get it. And then there's this lovely um, relaxation of those self-critical, self-judging, self-blaming voices that they carry because it's like, oh, my biology is driving this. Yes, exactly. So first we understand the biology and then the, the other piece that, that this brings is that we can reshape, right? We, we actually have scientific research that shows us we can reshape mm-hmm. your system. And that's very comforting to, to clients. But, you know, it's really that first sort of aha moment that I love. And, and then we, because once a client has that moment, oh, you mean this? is because of this, uh-huh, then they, they just want to keep exploring. And I love that. I, You know, mm-hmm. the, the C's of IFS, the one that I find comes from ventral is the one that I'm looking for most often is curiosity. And that's what you get when a client begins to see something, they become curious and you know, oh, so you get, they now have some ventral on board, right? They have enough ventral that we're going to keep on going forward. Um, I think it, I think it allows them to feel um, more normal in the world because all of us have a nervous system that's um, shaped in three 
you know, these basic ways together. So as my client is filling out their map, I'm often saying, oh, yeah, that me too in that mm-hmm. place. And sometimes, oh, you know, for me, that's a different experience, you know, but it's this, it's this joining therapist to client because it's nervous system to nervous system joining. So it's not me telling my story to my client. It's my nervous system and their nervous system finding common ground. And I think, again, that's a really beautiful way to to begin to create that that relationship and i talk nervous system all the time say oh my nervous system just you know felt this moment of our nervous systems joining did you feel that you know there are lots of ways to say that in in different you know you might say oh i I feel like you know you're in self and i'm in self or whatever you want to say i talk nervous system you know or i might say oh i just noticed i had a moment of of sympathetic charge there and i wonder what you felt on your end yeah right it's these ways of talking that are really centered in in the polyvagal language that is when you say the autonomic nervous system is a relational system right yes yeah yes our nervous system is shaped by our experience both our experience navigating the world but our experience with others right you know that co-regulation that is 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 essential for survival when we come into the world our nervous system has a built-in expectation that it will be met and cared for in a regulated way and we think about how many of us don't that that autonomic expectation is not met mm-hmm. you know we're we're either met with a another nervous system that that is dysregulated and so can't offer regulation or is unpredictably present mm-hmm. Right, and these these are are things the nervous system needs in 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 little ones, and so if we don't get enough of that co-regulation, we then have to learn how to self-regulate before we before we were supposed to. It's out of order, right? We're supposed to co-regulate, and once the nervous system learns how to safely co-regulate, then we build skills to self-regulate. Beautiful, mm-hmm. and for many of our clients, many of us. That's sort of it's reverse. It's it's backwards, and which is why when our clients come to us, it's this um, it's this therapeutic relationship. It's nervous system to nervous system connection that is yeah. um, often the the first step towards um, reshaping a a system. Mm-hmm. Is that reshaping process similar in any way to going to the exiles or the original trauma in IFS and doing an unburdening? Is there a process like that with polyvagal? Yeah, I I think that's part of it. I think also um, some of the reshaping is simply having these sort of common everyday experiences of being in connection with another human being in a safe and regulated way. When I'm regulated, I offer that regulating energy um, to my client, both explicitly and just in the in the energy that, that I'm sending. Um, and just being in that over and over and over begins to reshape their system because they're getting an experience, not, not simply an exile, but their entire system is getting that experience that it missed. And so that happens. And um, yes, um, you know, there... Let me just say that that a that a um, a more regulated system or a system that has more flexibility in finding the way back to ventral um, is a more resilient system and a, and an un, and as we unburden parts, you have more of that flexibility and regulation available. So I you know if we want to talk poly, um, IFS, an unburdened system is a is a more flexible system and so brings more of that ventral capacity um you know polyvagal the polyvagal approach is really um not a model of therapy although i have created these certain frameworks for how to connect and and um, accompany your clients um through their through their um three states and learn the landscape and and do some work with them um and in doing that often um exiles um are connected with and 
have some sort of a sense of unburdening, even though we don't do an unburdening process. So it's been fascinating to work, especially to work with um, colleagues who are IFS trained clinicians and have them in my trainings do the polyvagal informed um, therapy approach and have them, you know, sort of, you know, talk about what it's like, how it's different and what it's like. And I'm still trying to trying to sort of gather that information because when you, you know, when you have one of these experiences where something um, reorganizes inside, it's hard to put into words, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's the experience that we're working with in polyvagal because it's, you're, you're, you're working with the biology. You're not working with a, with a part. You're working with how your three states are in relationship with each other. And when somebody has one of those reorganizing experiences, um, Words are often hard to come by. Deb, you called this beautiful application of polyvagal theory the rhythm of regulation. Why is that? Because this is a... I I know we do have an internal rhythm that, that where our body rhythms are always at work. So even when we're in um, the, the collapse, the full collapse, that is that freeze with collapse, we aren't totally immobile because our rhythms, our body rhythms are still moving inside. Our heart's still beating, our breath is still moving. So I love the thought of rhythms, but the rhythm that I really was talking about when I was talking about rhythm of regulation is the, is the rhythm between nervous systems. The connection, mm-hmm. right? The way that that I can offer, you can receive, you can offer back, I can receive. It's that reciprocity that happens. And when we miss that regulating rhythm, we experience um, dis-ease, both physical um, ailment and psychological suffering. You talk of um, triggers and glimmers and safe surroundings. What is it, safe surroundings? So uh, let's talk about triggers and glimmers for a minute and then apply them to safe surroundings. Um, So the the triggers are the um, experiences that take you into your sympathetic, mobilized fight and flight or your dorsal disappear, disconnect. Mm And triggers can are often or are usually both both sort of a belief, a theme, okay. and then concrete um, ways that theme comes to life. So, um, if you think about something that takes you to sympathetic, are you more sympathetic or dorsal, my friend Annabelle? Where, where, where's your home away from home, which is what I like to call it? There are days. Some days I'm more sympathetic. Sometimes I'm more dorsal. Uh-huh. So in, in sympathetic, is there a belief that comes alive that, that takes you to sympathetic? Sympathetic brings me some energy. So, so, so I love that you're talking about that because we're talking about the vagal break. Mm-hmm. So the vagal break, which is this other lovely component of your nervous system, is, a, is really a biological circuit that runs from your brainstem to your heart and regulates the... Um, your, your heartbeat, yeah. how fast or slow your heart races, another rhythm, there, another right? this lovely rhythm. And your vagal break can relax and allow you to feel some of that energy that we need, mm-hmm. but stays on so that you're still within the regulating energy of ventral. It's when the vagal break totally goes away that you drop into sympathetic survival. And there, the energy is not energy that, that fills you, fuels you, nourishes you in any way. It's energy. It's simply survival mm-hmm. energy. And people become dangerous. You, the world is unsafe and you feel endangered. And often a belief there or, or something that triggers someone to get there is, um, no, I'm not, I'm not seen. Right. So if we take I'm not seen, because that can work both for sympathetic and dorsal, a trigger I'm not seen. So then how does that specifically come alive for you that brings you to, to sympathetic oh so when all my colleagues are having a conversation and don't yeah. include me or when my partner 
turns away from mm -hmm. me when I'm talking. We get really specific about the triggers. And then in dorsal, I'm not seen might be um, when I get left off um, the email chain um, and, no, and, I, and nobody cares. Or when I walk into a room and nobody looks up. So each, each system has its own way. So those are the triggers, and we really get to know the triggers, right? If you were thinking about parts, you know, you might say, oh, so that's the part that feels distressed when your partner looks away from you, right? So I'm just broadening it to be this is a, a state that comes alive when this event happens. And then the glimmers, which is where mm -hmm. we're going to go with safe surroundings, the glimmers are those micro moments when you feel a ventral energy, right? And, the, and they're just micro moments. Mm -hmm. we, we think things have to be long and sustained to get benefit from them, but it's these micro moments that really begin to accumulate. So we look for glimmers. What, what's a small thing that gives you this moment of feeling ventral regulated and safe, right? And so then, we begin to see what are the cues of safety and what are the cues of danger for your system. And in order to create safe surroundings so that I can feel safe in my world where mm -hmm. I am, um, in the environment, with another person, the cues of safety have to outweigh the cues of yes. danger. That's, it's a, for me, it's a simple equation. And, and sometimes when we're working, we, you know, we, we start by anchoring together and the cues of safety are enough to really move us forward. But something happens mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the, the equation shifts and there are more cues of danger than safety. Everything stops, right? Therapy stops. Everything stops because my system has now gone into a survival state. And for me, my job is now to, to rebalance that equation, to be curious about what just came in that interrupted this and how do we either reduce it, resolve it, or how do we bring in another cue of safety? So that's the, the safe surroundings piece because if we don't feel like we're in a safe place with a safe person and even feeling safely embodied, um, then we, we can't engage. We don't move forward. We don't engage. So interesting. Mm. Deb, do you still use um, breath and um, touch and high contact as an um, autonomic uh, regulation? I do, I do. And, you know, it's, it's really fascinating because I was just creating a, a workshop on um, bringing touch safely into mm -hmm. the therapy world, the therapy yeah. session, when COVID-19 came along and then it's like, oh, well, Hmm. Not sure this is going to be happening anytime soon. What now? Mm -hmm. However, I had just finished a, one of my in-person trainings, um, actually two, um, one here in Maine and one in Minnesota. So I had people who were trained in this experimenting. Again, my, my participants are lovely, you know, test pilots for all this mm -hmm. stuff, which is great. And um, what I've discovered is um, the, the self-touch. Mm -hmm. or the mirrored touch mm -hmm. um, has great potential to bring um, connection and regulation. And so I'm not giving up on that. So, you know, part of the process is to create a touch map with, um, with a client to find the, the ways of touching that, that feel um, resourcing and the ways of touching that, that bring you dysregulation. Mm -hmm. And then to experiment with, so when you're, when you're touching, if I mirror the touch, does that help you feel um, more ventral, more regulated, more connected, or less. Because the thing that, that you know, polyvagal reminds us is that um, everybody has their own individual response to that. And that response changes moment to moment. So in this moment in time, if I put my hand on my heart and you mirror that, you know, that may help me feel more connected, right? Or... You know, I have had many clients say, oh, please don't do that. It makes me feel like you're just, yes. you're just um, mimicking what I'm doing and it takes me out of it. I say, great. But this is the lovely explicit conversation that you have when you're working with touch. You would do it 
in an office, but boy, doesn't this way of working, this platform of working via remote session really invite us to make the implicit explicit because we don't have the same way of, of being in the energy of another nervous system. So I'm still working with touch. I'm, I'm actually going to create a um, workshop on you know remote touch and, and how to bring that in with the nervous system. Um, breath is the same. Um, I think breath, we know that breath is the most direct route to changing your nervous system state because it's an autonomic activity, but one we can directly control, which makes it both a powerful regulator and a powerful dysregulator. So again, with, with, you know, with breath, I, you know, if Tisha and I were going to do some breath work, we would be doing a lot of exploration first. You know, I have created a breath map, find your breath, feel your breath, follow your breath before we would do anything because simply saying, you know, let's, you know, let's take some, you know, deep breaths together can be incredibly activating to another nervous system, right? So again, it's this lovely experience of being curious. That's where we come back to this lovely sea of self curiosity, which is this ventral place. When I'm in ventral, I am really curious. Right. And I, and I want to explore with you. And it, which leads me to one other thing that I wanted to mention while we're thinking about it. Um, ventral energy is both me being ventral regulated and um, letting you experience that regulation. It's also me actively using my ventral energy in service of healing. So there, there's an active quality to what I do with my ventral energy when we're when we're um, together, actually, when I'm when I'm with anybody, not just a client, but with partner, friend, colleague, when I'm mm-hmm. moving through the world, I am influencing other nervous systems simply by moving through the world. And so, when I can be recognize that, when I can be aware of that, I can then, you know, send out the cues of safety that welcome others to feel safe too. I got off on a tangent there, but <laughs> yeah. You are building an interesting and growing community of polyvagal informed people. Do you feel that you still belong to the IFS community that we also know is so much polyvagal informed? You know, what's been really fascinating to me because um, I'm absolutely a, um, you know, love the IFS work and have so many colleagues who are, you know, IFS clinicians and and still am in contact with some of my original um, training folks, which is which is lovely. Mm-hmm. What has happened as um, you know, Steve and I have started to build a poly it began with a polyvagal family with, with the book we co-edited because the chapter authors became members of this beginning polyvagal family, which was lovely. And then it expanded to a polyvagal community and now sort of a global polyvagal community who Steve and I still call our polyvagal family, but it's a community. What I've discovered is many, many, many of my IFS friends and colleagues um, are also now a part of my polyvagal yeah. community because they, they come They, they take the training, they're, they're, they're open, they're curious, they, they want to um, make the integration and, and find it, it's a, it's a really lovely um, integration. It's, it's not a competition in any way, it's a lovely integration that happens when, when people come and, and understand this, you know, this nervous system platform. And many people say, oh, now I understand why when I do this thing, It either works or doesn't work. Yeah. Right. So, oh, now I understand a part came in. So when a part comes in to interrupt the process, mm-hmm. what it's telling you is that the nervous system has just intuited a, a cue of danger and the balance has shifted. And so this part has come in to bring your attention to that. Right. So it's it's just a lovely sort of way to put the science underneath the, totally. the experience. Totally. So Deb, thank you so much for bringing 
this beautiful platform of uh, application of polyvagal theory to therapy and thank you so much for having us it was such a lovely time together and i hope we keep meeting and may your days and hours be filled with ventral vagal abundance as you used to say that is what i, lo I love to say may you have experienced ventral vagal abundance or my new one is may you find ventral vagal inspired adventures oh. I like that. That speaks to lots of parts. Mm. So there you go. Deb, I wanted before before we say goodbye, I wanted to just take a moment to plug your website, um, the rhythmofregulation.com, because if any listeners are interested in, in finding out more and learning more, there's so much resource on there you can download trainings that have already happened and it seems like you can sign up for trainings that are yeah, coming up. yeah thank you thank you yeah i try to post my 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 webinars my interviews my things i've got some some new you know now that the world is all online yeah. i like the rest of the world have had this steep learning curve of how do i how do i do this online i would like to say though that uh, that my experience in doing this online has been really um, encouraging yeah. of continuing mm -hmm. to do this because I get people telling me that, oh, I, I feel connected. I feel connected to you. I feel connected to my small groups, to my, you know. So I think all of us are getting creative and in, in having ways to do this from a distance and make the world feel small and connected at the same time. So thanks for sending people to rhythmofregulation.com. Thank you. Deb, my best hope is that we can meet in person in September in 2021 in Lisbon. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. So good to talk with you today, Deb. Thanks for making the time. Take care. Thank you. It was a joy. <laughs> <laughs>